Sunday. On this Palm Sunday, the children have joyfully reminded us that God's kingdom has come, his will will be done, and he is making all things new. Hosanna to the Lord. Welcome to worship. Welcome to my office. Our service will take place in different rooms as we seek to lovingly and faithfully prevent the spread of this virus. Along with you, Tony and I and our kids, well, we have witnessed how our world has been turned upside down. Does God know? Does he care? Yes, God knows intimately. He cares deeply. Holy Week reminds us that our Lord Jesus himself experienced the most tumultuous week ever. Today, we remember that 2,000 years ago, Jesus entered Jerusalem to a parade of palm branches, a coronation as a king. Then he experienced days of opposition from leaders, ending in a crucifixion as a criminal. Yet after that moment of darkness, he burst forth in a glorious resurrection as Lord. This is our Palm Sunday hope. If you're new to Trinity, or if you're new to this whole church thing, we extend a special welcome to you. We are so glad that you are here. Our world has changed, so much has changed, and will keep on changing. The things we relied upon have shown themselves to be not so stable. So we invite you to come with your anxieties, with your fears, um, with your hopes, with your questions. And we invite you to come and to spend this hour with the living God. Hear now our call to worship. Sing, O children, and rejoice, for behold, your king has come. Behold your king riding on a donkey. Worship the king with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Wherever you may be, let's join together to sing what the Lord has done in me.
Jesus, we thank you for all that you have done in us. And even more than that, we thank you for what you have done for us. You are the lamb who was slain. You did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but you emptied yourself, taking the very form of a servant. You did not stay up in heaven to wait for us to come to you, but instead you humbled yourself and became obedient unto death, even death upon the cross. So we thank you that you died and rose again, that even now that you are at the right hand of God the Father interceding for us. We praise you, our Lord and Savior, in your name. Amen. Because of what God has done for us, we can come to him boldly to confess our sins. God invites us to do so not because he's an angry taskmaster that wants, wants us to feel guilty, but because he is a loving Lord that wants to free us from our sin and from condemnation. As we enter into this time of confession, we start by reading the first, about the first Palm Sunday 2,000 years ago. Hear the word of the Lord from Matthew chapter 21, verses 6 through 16. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying, they asked him? Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read? From the lips of children and infants, you, Lord, have called forth your praise. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's turn our hearts now to allow God's spirit to search us, to show us any ways that are not right, and to set us free from our sins. Lord Jesus, you came to us as the herald of the kingdom of God. Lord, hear us as we silently confess ways that we have not been faithful citizens to your kingdom. Lord Jesus, you rode a donkey and came bringing peace. You humbled yourself and gave yourself for us. 
Lord, hear us as we silently confess ways that our hearts are not humble in your presence. Lord Jesus, as you entered Jerusalem, the crowds cried, Hosanna, save us. Days later, they cried, crucify. Lord, hear us as we silently confess ways that our faith is not steady in the face of trials. Lord Jesus, you chose the path of suffering and death, despite the fact that you could have chosen the way of glory as the crowds greeted you with palms. We confess that our wills have not been quick to suffer for others in our lives. Lord, hear us now as we silently confess the ways that we have not been obedient to you, our King. The Bible declares that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God has made us brothers and sisters through his blood. We have died together, we will rise together, and we will live together. Rejoice that when you are in Christ, you are a new creation. All things have passed away, behold, New things are, have come. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. The great forgiveness of our Lord enables us to give with generosity. The freedom that we experience in Christ gives us freedom to give away that grace. During this season, we invite you to participate in online giving, mail your checks in, and continue to worship 
God in response to his generosity to us.
Will you join me in prayer? We thank you that you came into this world a babe and lived as a humble carpenter, dignifying the work of our hands. And so we give out of our own work back to you a portion of what you've blessed us with. We thank you that the wood and nails of the work of you as a carpenter became a source of our salvation as you died on a cross of wood and nails. So bless these gifts that the gospel would be proclaimed here in our city, in our nation, and throughout this world. Thank you for your generosity to us, and thank you for the chance to participate in that generosity in this world. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now let's sing the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above me. Isaac Wardell will now give us an update for this coming Holy Week. Good morning, Trinity. Every year, I stand up in front of you guys on Palm Sunday, and I give our Holy Week ministry update. And this Holy Week ministry update is usually when we talk about service times and when we talk about how we should all get our members to come to the 7.45 a.m. Easter service. And so this morning, uh, I'm here to give basically the same kind of an update. I'm going to talk about what we have to look forward to this Holy Week. Obviously, we are living in extraordinary times, and many, many aspects of our lives have been upended. And so as the worship committee has met over the last couple weeks and thought about our life together this Holy Week, we've talked about all the different ways that many of you are experiencing our worship, are experiencing either... Um, Either the chaos of maybe being in very busy houses with lots of kids running around. Some of us have that that we're experiencing. For some of us, the quiet or the loneliness of living in homes by ourselves. For some of us, experiencing worship um, through a lens of anxiety, either medical anxiety or financial anxiety. Some of us are tuning into worship after coming home from working a shift at the hospital. And so as we think about all of these ways that we are experiencing our worship together, we wanted to be really thoughtful about Holy Week, about how it is that we might call our congregation together to actually have, um, to have an experience together, not just to have uh, a service that's recorded, not just to have a link to click, but actually to have a series of worship and prayer experiences together. And so that's all just to say. Uh, we're going to be communicating about this over the course of this week. And you can expect from us to hear a couple of points of communication. Tomorrow, that's Monday, we'll send out an email with some logistics for the week. And then on Monday, Thursday, you'll get a special Monday, Thursday email. On Good Friday, you'll get a special Good Friday email. You'll get a Saturday email. And finally, an Easter e email. 
But this morning, as our ministry update, I want to give you kind of a big picture what to expect this Holy Week. Uh, so a few things. To begin with, Maundy Thursday. As has been our tradition for many years, our church will celebrate Maundy Thursday on Thursday evening. That's this Thursday night at 7 p.m. But on Thursday evening, do not expect to click a link and watch a video service. Instead of providing a service online, what we're actually going to be providing you with is a short order of worship that is meant to be done at your dinner table. Uh, some of you may decide that you want to make a meal and actually have your Monday Thursday service take place over a beautiful meal that you take, uh, that you eat either uh, on your own or that you eat with the other members of your household. But you don't have to have a meal to do this. All that you will need for this Monday Thursday service is a candle and uh, a slice of bread and a bowl of water. That's all that's actually needed for the, for the service. But secondly, for this Monday Thursday service, we recognize that at that first Monday Thursday, that Jesus had dinner with his friends, that Jesus didn't have uh, that first Monday Thursday dinner alone. And so for those of you who are quarantined, who are sheltering in place alone, this service is actually not written to be something that you can do by yourself. So we're actually going to encourage you to go ahead and be thinking about, is it a small group? Is it a friend that you have, either at Trinity or a friend you have who doesn't even go to our church, who you might call on the phone or who you might actually reach out to through a, a technological app like Zoom or Skype? But this Monday Thursday service is going to be done around tables, and we want to ask you to plan ahead at 7 p.m. on Thursday night to do it with at least one other person. And the service is written to be done by two people together. So you can either do that with members of your household Thursday night, or you can do that over the telephone or over a computer with someone else. More details to come, but plan on Monday, Thursday, 7 p.m. at your dinner table, either over a meal, or if you choose to do it without a meal, just having a candle, a piece of bread, and a bowl of water. So that's Monday, Thursday. Second, Good Friday, Good Friday. Just as is usually the case, we will celebrate our Good Friday service at noon on Good Friday, as we've been doing for many years here. But I want to go ahead and draw your attention very early, so you have some time to prepare, to a different practice we're going to enter into this Good Friday. Our denomination, the Presbyterian Church of America, has joined together with the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, the Anglican Church of North America, and this list keeps growing, to call all of our congregations, to invite all congregations around the country into a day of fasting and prayer on Good Friday. And so we as a church are inviting you as a congregation to the extent that your conscience, uh, that you feel good about it, we are inviting you to a sunrise to sunset fast that is not eating uh, food from sunrise to sunset on Good Friday. And in the middle of the day, at noon, at the time when we might be feeling our deepest hunger pangs, at noon, uh, we'll invite you to click on a link that we'll be sending out to actually celebrate this Good Friday service, a prayer service, meditating on the Stations of the Cross and what Jesus endured on Good Friday. You'll have more information to come about that over the course of the week, but do plan on participating in that fast, if you'd like, and also plan on participating in that Good Friday service at noon. Uh, next, on Saturday, we're going to do a new practice this year. We're going to have an Easter prayer vigil, and uh, more details will be to come. 
but we are going to be inviting every one of you, either as individuals, as households, as small groups, in whatever increments you'd like to do it, we're going to be sending you a link where you can sign up for a time slot over the course of the day and over the course of the evening on Saturday to pray. We'll give you some prayer prompts, ways to pray for each other, but we're going to invite our whole church into 24 hours of prayer on Saturday. And then finally, one more big announcement, something that you might have to prepare for, but uh, we on the worship committee are very excited about inviting you in to a special Easter service. And uh, the thing that you're going to have to plan for ahead of time is that like many churches around the world, over many times and in many places, this Easter Sunday, we are going to celebrate Easter with a sunrise service, a sunrise service. So go ahead and emotionally prepare yourself, set that alarm for 6.30 a.m. on Sunday, but we are going to be sending out a link, and at 6.30 a.m. on Sunday, we're going to invite you to participate in a very special Easter sunrise service that we'll celebrate together as a church. Um, in all of these things, uh, every year I stand up and I always invite us as a congregation, I always invite us to, to, to think about doing all of these services, not just one, not just when it's convenient, because there's a momentum and a connectedness to each of these. And this year, frankly, uh, I know that we don't, uh, we don't really have a great excuse to not come and participate in all of these different ways. And so if your schedule allows you to do so, we really encourage you to think about joining us for this whole Holy Week progression, beginning at 7 p.m. on Thursday night, and then fasting from sunrise to sunset on Friday with a noon Good Friday service, to sign up for a time slot to pray on Saturday, and finally to set our alarms to participate in this 6.30 a.m. service on Easter Sunday. We're so looking forward to worshiping together and going on this journey together as a congregation this Holy Week. Thanks. Oh God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we turn to you now. Our lives have been upended. Everything has changed. But you, oh Lord, have not changed. And so we turn to you, eternal God, and we ask for those around the world and in our nation, especially in New York, that you would have mercy and that you would stay the course of this virus. Lord, we pray for those who have COVID-19 and for those who are afraid that they might have it. God, that you would have mercy to heal them. We pray that as they confront their mortality, that they would cry out to you and that you would be found by them. God, we pray for our leaders, that they would make wise decisions. We pray for our healthcare workers, our custodial staff, and essential workers. We pray that you would be with them as they put their lives at risk to serve others, protect them, and sustain their hearts. Enable them to depend upon you and find strength and hope. Lord, we pray for those who have lost or will lose their jobs, that you would provide for them. We pray for those who are alone, that you would meet them and that you would equip your church to minister to them and to share your good news with them. We pray for our cities and, and, and those who are vulnerable, that you would have mercy. And for ourselves, we pray that you would teach us how to pray. God, you know that we do not know how to pray as we should, and so we pray that you would teach us how to do so. We pray that you would remind us that in your kingdom that we are all essential workers 
called to the essential work of prayer. God, teach us to pray for ourselves, to pray for our neighbors, to pray for our enemies. Give us courage to invite friends and family to come to the Easter service with us next week. And give us eyes to see and hearts to know that you are the God who conquered death. God, we pray that you would use this global pandemic for good, to draw people to yourself. We pray for you to make your kingdom come and your will to be done on this earth as it is in heaven. We pray for your glory and in your name. Amen. Amen. Family of God, stretch forth your hands as we bless our little ones. Oh Lord, you said, let the little ones come to me for to such belong the kingdom of God. So bless the little ones among us that they may grow in grace and wisdom and in favor with you and with all others. Amen. Good morning. At least it's morning as I preach this sermon. I can't tell what time it is for you. God made the world and everything in it, and God gave life to the world. But the world looked for life outside of God, and there is no life outside of God, only death. But God loved the world so much that he sent his son and the Father gave the Son three things. The Father gave the Son work to do. He gave him words to speak. And the Father gave the Son people. And the people believed and obeyed the words. They believed that the Father sent the Son into the world. But one person, whose name was Judas, did not believe and obey. He looked for life outside of God, and there is no life outside of Christ, only death. Dear ones, these are strange days, and we are all learning to do things that we never thought we'd have to do before. I have learned to pray over the telephone with people. I never thought I would have to do that. And when you pray with someone, you learn a lot about them, don't you? You learn what they think is important. You learn what they want, and you learn what bothers them, what they are afraid of, what they're afraid of losing. And today in our Bible passage, we're going to listen to Jesus as he prays. And so as I read it, I want you to listen for something. I want you to listen and hear what Jesus asks for this night before his death. Listen for what he thinks is important. Listen for what he wants. And listen for what bothers him and that he does not want to lose. 
So turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 17, and let me read this for us. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed to those whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that you may be brought, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, Though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. This is the word of the Lord. Judas has left and Jesus is now alone with his 11 disciples in the upper room. What did you hear Jesus ask for in his prayer? I heard four things. First, Jesus prayed that his disciples, the people that God gave to him, would be protected. As long as he was with them, Jesus kept them safe. 
But Jesus' work is now over, and he had said the words his father gave to him. He is going out of the world and back to the Father. Who would keep them safe now? So Jesus asks his Father to protect them and to protect them in the Father's name. How does a name protect you? We all know this. If someone is going to hurt us, we say, Mom wouldn't like that, or the boss wouldn't like that, or the sheriff wouldn't like that. When we do that, we are calling on the power and the authority of the person by using their name. So Jesus says, it's not mom, it's not the boss, it's not the sheriff. Holy God, protect them with your name. There is no stronger power. There is no greater authority. Jesus wants his father to protect the people that God gave to him. But protect them from what? Protect them from who? There are two things. Jesus asks that they be protected from the world and from the evil one. He doesn't want to lose them. He doesn't want them to be lost like Judas was lost. He doesn't want them to look for life outside of God. Because there is no life outside of God, only death. The evil one is the devil, and this enemy wants to be king of all the places outside of God's kingdom. But outside of God's kingdom, there is no life, only death. Why does the world hate Jesus if Jesus was sent because God loves the world? The world is afraid of the life Jesus has to give. The world is so backwards that it thinks that life is death and death is life. The world believes the lives of the evil one. And so when Jesus tells the truth, it frightens them and it angers them. So the first thing Jesus prayed for on the night before his death is that his people would be kept safe, protected from God's name, protected by God's name from the world and the evil one. The second thing the son prayed for was that his people would be sanctified. And this means that they need to be made the same shape, the same shape, so that they can fit into the life of God. What shape is Jesus? He is the exact shape of his Father. He is pure and holy. He finds life in God and nowhere else. And we are to become just like that. No death is allowed to stay in our hearts. And this is why the world that hates Jesus will also hate anyone made into the shape of Jesus. What does Jesus think is important? What does Jesus want? He wants his disciples to be kept safe from the world and from the evil one, and he wants us to become sanctified. And Jesus doesn't just want this for the 11 disciples in that room with him the night before the world kills him on the cross. He is also praying for all the people that God will give him who believe the same truth. The disciples are going to tell people that the son came into the world sent by the Father. And people are going to believe and obey that message. And they are going to tell others. So people all through time and all around the world are going to hear the true words about the only place to find life. And some people will believe, but the world still wants to find life outside of God. So Jesus was praying for us too, praying that we will be safe and sanctified.
The third thing Jesus asks his father is that all the people who believe, wherever they live and whenever they live, that they will be one with each other. Because when we participate in God's life, we are in Christ. And when we are in Christ, we are also in God. Jesus wants us to share in the same life that he and the Father have always shared together. It is a perfect life without any death mixed in. It is a perfect joy without any sorrow mixed in. God will love us in just the same way and just as much as he loves the Son. And we will love the God in just the same way and just as much as Jesus does. We will always be separate, but we will stop being different. God will be all in all, except for everything outside of him, and that is death. So Jesus leaves his disciples in the world. He doesn't take them out when he goes back to the Father. He leaves them to continue with the work that God has given. And he gives them the true words to tell the world. This work and these words get passed down from generation to generation. And now it's our turn. Even in these strange days, we do the same work the Father gave to the Son. And even in these strange days, we say the same true words. We help the poor and the sick and those in prison and those that are afraid. We tell people that the Son was sent from the Father but has returned. We say that life is found in God and only in God through Christ. Outside of God, there is only death. And because Jesus loves us, the fourth thing he prays, dear ones, is that he wants us to be with him. He wants us to no longer be separate from him at all. Eternal life, eternal life is not like life in this world that just lasts forever. Eternal life is the life that God has and that Christ has, and this is what we are headed for. We will always be separate from God, but we will stop being different from God, and best of all, very best of all, we will be present with God. Outside of him is only death, eternal death. And think how good it is on this Palm Sunday. Think how good it is that we can participate with each other in the service over the internet. Everyone can be included. We are still together, even though we are apart. But think how good it will be. to finally see each other and hug each other and no longer be afraid. And that is what the Lord, our shepherd and friend, wants. He wants us to be where he is. And that's why the apostles often called the death of a follower of Jesus falling asleep in the Lord. Let me pray for you as Jesus prayed for us. Holy God, we are completely dependent upon you. The life we have, you are its only source.
We thank you for loving the world and sending the Son. And this week, we especially thank you for his work on the cross. Protect us, we ask, by your name from the world and from the devil. Please don't lose any of us. Use this strange time, even, to sanctify us. Change our priorities. Help us leave all of death behind. And though we are apart, make us one with each other, one with your church around the world and through time. And best of all, help us begin to experience the eternal kind of life now and even in our death. In Jesus' name, amen.
what a joy it has been to worship with you. We are physically distant, but spiritually united. Stretch forth your hands and receive God's blessing upon you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face towards you and give you peace now and forevermore. Amen. has been a delight to worship together, to begin this holy week joined together in spirit. We want you to participate richly this week, so we'll be sending out an email on Monday with further details about our holy week services. Now, may the peace of the Lord be with you. And also with you. Go out texting, writing, and greeting one another in Christ.